I ran quickly from the Dollar Tree into the Home Depot, into their bathroom. I ripped open the box as fast as I could and peed on the stick. When I held it up, my heart sank as I saw the two faint pink lines. I began to cry and I just felt helpless. I cried for a while in the bathroom and went out and told my husband that I was pregnant. And he assured me that I was not, that there was no way I could be pregnant. After I had my fifth child, I decided to do the unthinkable for someone raised in a family where birth control was considered sinful. I decided to get the IUD. I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown after I had my fifth child, and I decided that I would rather go to hell than be emotionally broken. So I made the appointment and went and got the IUD. As I lay on the table, tears of joy ran down my face to know that I was going to be able to move on in my life and not be pregnant again in the next couple of years, that I would finally be able to sleep through the night and just have myself back, not feel sick for nine months at a time. I was ready. Over the next nine months, I was able to appreciate motherhood in a different way because I knew that this was just temporary. There was no way I was going to have a baby in the next 10 years. So every sleepless night when I felt like crying from exhaustion, I would just tell myself, this is going to be over within the next two years. You are going to have your life back and move forward. You are stepping into a new chapter of your life. And I was filled with excitement, hope, and encouragement with that thought. So as I sat in the parking lot, I felt as if my basket of eggs had been crushed completely, yolks everywhere on the floor. I was sick. There's a verse that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I think I never understood that verse so clearly like I did that day as I cried in the parking lot. My husband tried to console me. After a while, he got out of the car because he couldn't handle my weeping. And I called my sister and she gave me some really great advice. She said, Tabitha, you know, you're never going to have a baby you won't love. You'll get through this. At the time, my baby was nine months old and I was training for a full marathon. Since I got the IUD, I decided I was going to take my life back. And the first thing I was going to do was run a full marathon. I hadn't run a full marathon since I had my third child. And I felt like I wanted to do something to make myself feel strong again. I had been feeling so weak. I, at the time, felt isolated. I was caring for three children at the time under the age of four. My sister lived nearby and I would watch her son for her while she was at work. And I felt so isolated because to go out with my children was more work than to be at home. And having a social life would seemed extremely um, difficult. 
So most of the time I just spent at home or I would walk to the park with my kids. And I can honestly say for an extrovert, that was a really, really hard time of my life. I feel like every day was an emotional battle and I was emotionally battling myself. The loneliness I felt at that time was unexplainable. It was physically painful. My husband and I lived apart from each other for 10 years of our marriage in order to accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish. And because my husband worked in the oil field, which is in the middle of nowhere, I decided to live in Phoenix where he could fly and visit me. So I didn't have adult contact often because I lived by myself with a bunch of little children. I would see my sister sometimes after work, but for the most part, I was alone and it was really, really hard on me. It's so funny because people think, oh, she has all those kids. Of course, she's never lonely, but being a mom with small children sometimes is the most lonely time of a woman's life. And my heart goes out to all women who have a bunch of toddlers and don't have a community and friends to be with because being isolated under those circumstances is even harder on the human soul because not only are you alone with these toddlers, they're crying, whining, being toddlers, and you're sleep deprived. And I think any mom listening to this who has been through it can identify with what I'm talking about. I remember at that time I had a pantry in my kitchen and it was in the corner and had a door on it. And I would just go into the pantry and cry sometimes because I felt so overwhelmed and angry and just extremely lonely. And I didn't want to take it out on my children. And now I understand why a lot of moms with a lot of small children have really bad tempers because it's it's emotionally draining and very difficult. So at that time when I was training for my marathon, I was at mile 17, which means uh, my long run was 17 miles. I had already ran it. And I felt like I was so far along in my training that I did research and I decided to continue and go ahead and finish. The reason I suspected I was pregnant was because I was feeling nauseous that day. We had gone to Home Depot to pick out something and I started feeling nauseous and I knew right away that I was pregnant. So I ran over to the Dollar Tree, which was next door, and then ran back to the Home Depot. I have extreme morning sickness and it's unbearable. Honestly, I can't even move. The only relief I get when I'm pregnant is if I can sleep. And once you have more than one child to take care of it, you can't sleep a whole pregnancy. So I knew what I was in for. And I felt like I didn't want to exist. I went home after that and laid in my bed. I was so blessed because at the time I had my sister living with me and she was in school and um she took over for me 
And I just laid in bed for, I think, a couple of days. And I didn't want to face my life. I just, I wanted to go to bed and never wake up again. And then I just had this thought, like, you have to get up. You have to be strong. You have five kids who need you. You can't just check out on life. Put your big girl panties on and get out of bed and take it like a woman. And I did. I got up and I just decided I'm going to make the best of this and I'm going to try to get through this. I'm not going to be destroyed by this. I decided to continue my training for my marathon and it was four weeks away, my full. And I ended up going. The only reason I was able to get in the starting corral is because it was in Las Vegas and it started at five in the evening. I haven't been back to Vegas since that marathon and I have no desire to go back because just the thought of the hotel makes me feel nauseous. I was throwing up all morning the day of the marathon and I wanted to back out. I I wanted to not run it. I didn't feel strong enough, but I felt committed because my husband had flown in from North Dakota and we had gone to Vegas. We had already paid for our hotel. My sister drove out there to be with me and I just felt like I was committed and I had to, I had to do it or I would let so many people down. And when I, I remember when I got into the starting corral, I just wanted to cry and scream and run back to my hotel, but I felt too committed. So I started and I felt like I was doing really well until around the like 17th mile. And I didn't have a running watch at the time and I didn't see the mile markers and I felt like I was doing so well. And then I looked and realized where I was in the time I was running and I wasn't doing so well. I was actually doing really bad. Um, when I got to the 20th mile, they had closed that part of the race because, because they needed to open up the main strip. And me and my sister ran past the police officer redirecting us. And I was like, I am not going to run 23 miles. If I run over 20 miles, I'm going to do the full marathon. So we, we ended up going on the route and we were the last ones on the the original course and so when we jumped back in at the 23rd mile we were at the end of the group of runners so the slowest runners and there was a van picking up people like anybody who was on the very end of the marathon the van was picking up and at that time I was in so much pain I just felt like my knees were going to pop out of their sockets and but I didn't want to give up because I had to come so far. And I remember praying out, praying to God, please give me strength and take this pain away from me. And he didn't. My sister suggested to me because she actually ran rogue and carried my water bottle for me. She suggested to me that we, cause at that time I was like trotting and I was at the end of the runners and my sister suggested to me that I just push myself to run as fast as I could till we could get past the back group so they wouldn't make us get in the van. And um, so we started 
And once I started running all out, I knew that if I stopped, I wouldn't be able to move again because I was in so much pain. So we just ended up running as fast as we could to the finish line. And we passed so many runners. But in that moment when I was running, I was in pain. But all of a sudden I started just remembering all the people who love me and just being filled with so much encouragement and feeling the love of my family members who believe in me and care for me and just the gratitude that my sister would come and run next to me and carry my water for me. And I just started feeling like, how can I give up when I have so much love? Like, what is my excuse? Like, I have no excuse to not push myself when so many people carry me emotionally and not everybody has this. And that carried me to the, to the finish line and I was able to finish. It did take me almost six hours, <laughs> but I finished. Damn it. <laughs> and, um, when I got back to my hotel room, I sat in the shower and I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know if I should feel proud of myself or if I should feel defeated. I didn't know how to feel, honestly. I just sat in the shower for like a half an hour, cried of joy that that agony was over and I no longer had to push myself through that. The next day was my birthday and I went home. The church that we were going to, the pastor's wife dropped by, brought me a gift and it was at my house waiting for me when I got home. In the gift, there was a card. The card had that verse from Psalms. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the creator of heaven and earth. He will not let my foot slip. He watches over me and will not sleep. And when I read this verse, I was so touched and I started realizing that my God is a creator. He's not a magician. He's a creator and he has a process. And in that moment when I was running and I asked him to please take this pain away from me, if he would have taken that pain away from me, it wouldn't have allowed the process of growth and endurance that was created in me through that, that perseverance. And I started to realize that anything that's happening to me, no matter what it is, is creating in me something because my creator is a creator God and that is his way. Things don't just happen. There's a process and that process has to occur for creation to come to its full potential. And it really helped me to embrace my pregnancy and my baby that was on his way and to look at my life in a different way and begin to embrace the hard things that I go through and realize that these difficult things are creating something in me. And yes, my creator won't let my foot slip, but he's not going to stop my creation so that I feel no discomfort. And I decided to embrace it. I was going to embrace having this baby. I decided that I was just going to take really good care of myself during my pregnancy and guard my 
mental health and do things that brought me joy. I decided to walk two miles four times a week and stay away from sugar and just really sink into whatever that moment was and try to be present in the moment instead of living in what I wish was or what could be or just embrace right now. And I think that lesson for me was uh, such a good experience. Uh, just feeling the sun on my face and feeling warm water on my hands when washing dishes and feeling the loves and cuddles of my babies. I really, really had to be super intentional about taking care of myself mentally at that time. I remember Pinterest came out probably when I had my fourth child. And I remember seeing on Pinterest these like lists of self-care. And I'm like, who in the world needs a list to know how to take care of themselves? Well, after I had my fifth child, I understood why people need those lists. My son was born in June of 2016. My husband and I went to Mexico and we decided to have my baby in Baja and I was staying at my mom's house at the time. When I went into labor, I went to the hospital with my husband and the hospital in Mexico if you have your baby in a public hospital, your husband is not allowed to assist the birth. So we went to a private hospital and the private hospital was about 25 minutes away from my mom's house. And I went into labor in the morning around nine. I could tell I was in labor and we went to the hospital and they told me, we went to the hospital around 10 at night because I thought for sure I'm ready. This was my sixth child. Like I, by then I, I felt like I knew my body and we go to the hospital and they check me and they're like, Oh, you're not even to a one. Like you, you could have this baby in two weeks. Like, uh, you should go home and come back when you're ready. And so we left the hospital and I was so confused. Like, how am I not? ready to have this baby. I, I know myself, I know my body. So we go home and we put a little timer on, on my phone and we decided to try to get some sleep. So around, I looked at my clock because I fell asleep and then all of a sudden I had this contraction that was crazy. And I looked at my phone, it was eight minutes. So I had this contraction that was crazy and it wouldn't stop. So I went and got in the shower in my mom's room and my mom has had 11 kids. And I think she had, um, I, I want to say she had, uh, six home births, but I could be wrong. And, um, I got in her shower and I just, this contraction wouldn't stop. And I started to feel like I was going to have my baby. And so I, I called my mom. I said, mom, please help me deliver my baby. She's like, I'm not delivering your baby. I can't do that. I'm like, how? You had so many babies. She would not deliver my baby for me. So I told her to go wake up my husband. And I told my husband, just take me to the public hospital because the public hospital is two minutes away. And I felt like I was going to have my baby. And he told me, no way you're having this baby without me. So we got in the car and he was driving so fast that our, it was at that time, we had gotten home. So by the time we went back to the hospital, it probably was like 
maybe an hour because by the time I got in the shower and argued with my mom and my husband figured out. So it was probably an hour later we show up back to the hospital. But my husband drove so fast, our car kept turning off because he was going too fast for our vehicle. And um, we get there and the lady, there's a glass door and they had the hospital locked. And I guess if you've never been to a third world country, you probably don't understand this kind of stuff, but that, so they lock the door, I guess, to prevent like people, I don't know, breaking into the hospital, stealing from the hospital. I don't know why, but there's these glass doors. And remember that scene from um, Sound of Music when the the nun is like pretending like she doesn't know which key opens the door so the Nazis will leave? Well, that's how it felt like. We're standing outside this glass door and I feel like my baby's about to be born and she can't find the key to open it. And she was the same nurse that was in the room when I was checked an hour before. So I think she thought that I was exaggerating and some first time mother who didn't know that labor was painful. So I was overreacting. And finally, she lets us in and there's a wheelchair right there. And I sit down on the wheelchair and she's like, it's okay. The doctor's gone. He went out for dinner. We'll call the doctor and you can wait in the room. So she wills us to the room and I stand up to like sit on the bed and my water breaks. And I had the baby, like my water broke. I laid down. My husband's like, go ahead and push, babe. And I had the baby probably like in two pushes. And I tell my husband, like, what is it? There wasn't even a pillow on the bed. So I couldn't even see. And I tell my husband, what is it? And he tells me, it's a boy. I'm like, are you sure it's a boy? He's like, yeah, babe, I'm sure it's a boy. Anyways, it was such a crazy experience. The janitor guy was like mopping the floor when my baby was born because the lady called him in to mop my water off the floor and my baby was just born right there. But I was in the moment. I didn't even care. I think he was more traumatized by it than I was. But yes, that is the crazy story of how my sixth child was born. And after he was born, I just enjoyed him in a in a way that I had never had enjoyed any of my children and what I thought was going to break me actually made made me it made a part of me it showed me how strong I am it showed me so much about myself and about life and understanding and compassion and I did have to use that list to take care of myself most of my babies I started running when they were around three weeks, I would start getting out there. I didn't start running for six months after my sixth child. I took a year to lose my weight. I, I just sunk into, I was like, this is baby time. And I'm, I'm just going to not be hard on myself. I'm, I'm going to just let, let be what is, and I'm not going to try to be superwoman. I'm just going to just be. And I think that was a great lesson for me to just be. And sometimes even now when I'm feeling overwhelmed with my life, I realize like, I just need to be okay with not being everything. I need to be okay with just sinking into what is. I need to be okay with the laundry not being folded. I need to be okay that my house isn't the way that I love it to be. I need to be okay with right now. And not live in another moment and not destroy this moment because I can't be happy with what is. 
And even lately, I've been feeling so overwhelmed and I have to go back to that. And just the other day, I talked to my trainer because I'm training for a half and I told her, hey, I need to take a break. I feel like I emotionally cannot handle everything in my life and I have to cut something out right now. And she told me, go ahead, take take a little break. And sometimes we have to cut things out. We have to take care of ourselves. I think something that I learned through this experience is how important self-care is and emotional self-care and being um, kind to ourselves and recognizing when we really can't and not telling ourselves that we're losers or we can't because we're giving up or we're wuss or whatever. Instead, just be okay with the fact that we can't sometimes and that's okay. And just love ourselves through it and be kind. And right now is not forever. I know it feels like forever a lot, especially when all your kids are so little and life is so intense. Uh, it feels like forever, but forever never happens. <laughs> it's never the case. Everything passes and this too shall pass. If you're struggling right now and your kids are little, I want you to know that this is not going to last forever. And I'm not going to tell you you're going to miss it because to be honest, I don't miss those days. I, I don't. And I know some moms do. For some moms, that's their niche and that fills them. But for me, that was a really, really hard time of my life and I don't miss it. But I am glad that I sunk into it and I was present for it and I embraced it and I loved on my kids and wasn't destroyed by the things that I wanted at that moment. Instead, I just put them on pause and waited for them. And they have come. They And they continue to come. And my life continues to turn in a direction that I really enjoy and desire. But I'm really happy for those moments as well that I, I went through. And I'm really happy for all the lessons that I learned through my children. My children have raised me. I'm so happy for all the lessons that I've learned from having lots of toddlers. I think there's nothing that humbles you more than dealing with little toddlers. And um, I think it's, I think it's like the most crucial thing for a woman's development to go through having toddlers and what we learn through that. We learn so much about ourselves. Our toddlers are just unadulterated mirrors of us. And I love that opportunity that we get from our toddlers. And I would suggest to anybody going through this time, like really take advantage of these little mirrors. They're going to show you so much about you that you don't know and that no one could show you. And just really take advantage of this moment for growth. Don't be broken by it. Grow from it. And it is going to be difficult and it's hard. I know it is, but it will pass. I think the worst thing is looking back with regret. And I think for every mother, the best gift you could give yourself is to not regret the way you acted in the moments that were hard. For anyone who is going through that, I just want to send you so much love and tell you, you got this. You can do this. My heart goes out to you. You're about to find your inner hero. I think there's no opportunity in life that presents itself to us like motherhood to find our inner superhero because we are 
we are so incredible as women and we have this creativity and this ability to be so resourceful that is it's just magical. And I wish that for you. Thank you. And until next time, I wish you so much growth and happiness.